Dear listeners, welcome to Faces of Digital Health, a podcast about digital health and how healthcare systems around the world adopt technology with me, Tiasha Zaitz. Generative AI is a subset of AI technologies that employ advanced machine learning algorithms to generate content, solutions, or outcomes that weren't explicitly programmed into the algorithms. This technology has many potential applications in healthcare, but at the moment, the digital health space is filled with noise. At Health 2023 in Las Vegas, I had the pleasure of speaking with Justin Norden, partner at GSR Ventures, who focuses on generative AI startups in healthcare. We had a longer discussion in July this year, so make sure to check that talk as well. I added the link to the show notes. But in today's short discussion, you will hear what Justin observed from the investor's perspective at Health, what he thinks about the discussions around open-sourced versus closed AI development, and more. I've also written a longer extensive summary on the current state of AI in healthcare. It's available in our newsletter, which you can find at fodh.substack.com. I added the link in the show notes. I know I always say this, but if you will enjoy this show, make sure to leave a like or comment or a rating wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps keep the show going and also helps others in the digital health space find the show as well. Now let's dive in. Start with a general question. Uh, what thoughts uh, did you come across uh, at Health around generative AI? What's like potentially new for you? What's the key takeaway around uh, this topic here for you? This has been a topic at AI for a long time. Uh, my prior startup teaching on this topic at Stanford and. It's been really fun being part of the conversation and seeing the conversation evolve since we last spoke and over the past year. I think what started as, oh my gosh, ChatGPT is here, to this is going to change everything in healthcare, to we need another chatbot. It's been fun to see the conversation evolve. We've seen hundreds, if not thousands of startups appear doing very specific point solutions. I have students in my class who say, hey, Professor Norton, look what I built over the weekend. Amazing things that weren't possible 24 months ago. And so the speed of development maybe improved 100x over before. But one of the interesting questions and things that's coming up is, hey, we built this thing. How do we know it works? It looks like it works, but we know there's hallucination. We know these things aren't perfect, and they likely will never be perfect. And so the conversation starting to evolve for, okay, great, we have these solutions. We're starting to build interesting and think about interesting use cases. What are the guardrails that need to be put in place so that this works? How can we test and verify that this new solution we built is actually delivering its intended purpose, is safe in the right ways, and even comparing a number of different solutions to look at performance? And so this is a lens that's you know, starting to evolve from conversation that at least I'm having with people here. I would say the, the noise has continued to go up. There's even more excitement and interest in the generative AI space. There's more people that want to talk about it. And there's more kind of 
places to look, dozens and dozens of ambient documentation solutions doing a startup pitch competition. 60% of the startups doing an ambient documentation solution are, are part of that. What are the sustainable business models that will happen? What are the regulations that are going to come around generative AI, uh, which will come, no question, as these continue to evolve? And then also conversations of like, where do I get started? So I always encourage people, it's not enough to just hope someone on your team will figure out everything and deliver you the golden strategy, but more conversations with leaders and people saying, you need to start to incorporate this into your daily life. Whether your personal life at home, cooking, searching information, booking a flight, to how can I start to use this in my business? Because it's a new tool, way of thinking, and every leader needs to understand to start to understand where are the edges of the technology and take that on themselves. Mm -hmm. And what kind of an advice or do you give to startups or what kind of approaches do you see that they are taking when it comes to testing their solutions? I just passed by the Mayo Clinic booth and they're basically offering their environment with 10 million people to test Yeah, so there, there's an interesting space starting to evolve around what testing will be, both at the national level, to potentially assurance labs, different aspects of this, will people do it themselves, different versions are trying to happen, both at academic medical centers, government, etc. The first thing that everyone needs to realize is there's been not enough focus on validating, in general, forget AI, digital health technologies, to promises that are made, and we're seeing some of these companies come down for over-promising to where the state of technology is. And so there's going to be a bit of a correction around digital health in general towards this is what we validated and proven and published in a clinical trial, as well as all those same things coming with AI that will happen. Um, in terms of places to start and advice for startups, though, a lot of startups are coming now where it's like, oh my gosh, we don't have generative AI in our pitch deck, so no one wants to talk to me, which somewhat true, right? I'm mostly focused on generative AI now. At the same time, most startups will not build their own foundation models, should not be building completely new AI methods. A lot of these things you can take off the shelf and say, how does this fit into my customer population to solve problems they actually need that may or may not be generative AI related? And so that's where I really focus startups to solve is, one, can you just start to get, be curious to understand where the technology is and see, start to understand what it can and can't do. Then two, look at where your customers have pain points, the solutions you already have built, and say, okay, given these capabilities, whether it's summarization, audio transcription, knowledge retrieval, et cetera, how can I incorporate that into existing solutions that I have, both externally facing to customers and internally to my business? And then three, start to try to keep up reading with what's happening in the space, whether that's you personally or getting someone on your team to do that. That's where I really encourage startups to solve, to say, not every startup is going to be a generative AI-focused company, but I would say almost every startup should be looking to incorporate generative AI at least to a certain extent within their business or their operations. Two key questions for me from this conference around this topic are that basically the questions that startups need to have an answer to is what's your specific data library that you're using to basically fine-tune uh, the model which we mentioned uh, briefly and also what's your hallucination rate i want wonder two things what are in your opinion some additional questions that maybe startups would need to have an answer to and also maybe a brief comment around that hallucination rate it's an obvious question but how do you get an answer to it <laughs> exactly right now it's easier to point out 
questions than it is that there's a perfect validated method to understand exactly what your hallucination rate is. So on the first topic on fine-tuning, where is the data coming from, I think that has been a key question that's not actually different today than before for AI or, or ML startups is where are you building this model? Where are you training it or refining or customizing the model? So where does it come from? Where does the data come from? Do you have a, a loop with that data? Are you using a model now to generate new data that you can feed back in? There's a thing called you know, reinforcement learning with human feedback. So some companies are starting to use physicians to say, hey, I need to label a bunch of data to create a new data set that I can now feed back in to the model to make new predictions to then run that cycle again. And so there's many different ways customization is starting to come out, which again has been an age-old question for AI startups and ML startups in healthcare. What's interesting today is these general models now are so much better and make it so much easier to start that in some cases you actually don't even need your own proprietary data set or your specialized fine-tuning data set to get started. So that's one of the things that has really changed from before. For certain use cases, you absolutely need it. There's not enough data, the performance is bad, we need to create a new data set, get access to a data set to fine-tune these models. In other cases, we don't. In other cases, startups don't need that. And it certainly is something that comes up in diligence. If you're talking to an investor, do you have a data advantage? Do you not have a data advantage? Do you have a data plan in terms of a way to generate and get access to new data that maybe over time can build a moat? And then some companies going all the way to say, hey, I'm going to try to partner with a bunch of healthcare companies and generate and build a completely new foundation model. Interestingly, I would say I am keeping an eye out and watching and waiting to see if that's the right play or not. As companies as big as Google have built their own healthcare-specific targeted foundation model, but in many cases, GPT-4, the general model, is still performing better on many different benchmarks. And so I think jury's still out exactly what is the right avenue to play in in terms of model development and tuning. Mm -hmm. uh, what kind of discussions do you have with uh, healthcare executives, with healthcare providers? In our previous discussion, we mentioned that there's still some hesitancy, especially around clinical use cases. 75% of healthcare system executives agree that generative AI is at a pivotal point. What kind of discussions are you observing on that end? The interesting thing now, and even as it's evolved, is every executive is now getting asked, what is their generative AI strategy? What are they doing or not doing? Um, and board members are asking leadership what's going on. Um, the answers are wildly different today uh, between what health systems are doing, are deployed, some are really, you know, already deployed their use cases past even where Epic has started to do that. Some are testing use cases with Epic. Some are partnering with startups. Some are doing nothing. Some have blocked ChatGPT and just banned generative AI. There's a whole spectrum of what healthcare systems are, are doing, and everyone, but everyone is still scrambling to understand exactly what is the right path forward. So there's an incredible amount of interest, there's an incredible amount of talk about it, and there's a huge variation as the field is evolving so fast of what they should be doing. One thing that has rung true from almost all of my conversations is a need for validation and testing. No one, at least that I've spoken with, has figured that out and said we have it with a bow. We know exactly what this means. And so I think there's definitely an opportunity there to start to shape what things look like. Mm -hmm. There was a Bain survey yes, that, that exactly. asked, asked people um, a lot about that. And I think one of the other fun numbers was only 6% had uh, a detailed strategy. Did that surprise you? No. <laughs> uh, not, not, not at all. Uh, I, I think, and even those who, who did have a strategy uh, know that it's evolving and changing all the time. 
Um, again, I think from a outside of healthcare perspective, we've never seen technology move this fast. Period. Uh, what? Where are the weak points? Where are the security vulnerabilities? Different ways to trick this model. There was a paper last week. The internal OpenAI models, for example, have different guardrails to say, "Oh, I shouldn't answer questions about this." But if I ask it in an esoteric language like Zulu or something else, all of a sudden the guardrails go away. So it is a moving target where vulnerabilities are with these models. What's happening? Open source versus closed source debate about which models are going to be available and reasons why it should be closed source or open source. And so it is a dynamic conversation. So even those with a generative AI strategy, some are humble enough to realize that this is a moving target that we constantly need to revisit.、Mm-hmm. What's your opinion about open versus closed? So I think there's reason to believe in healthcare. There will be a push for a lot more openness of models. Why is that? If you have open models, it's a lot easier for a third party to test, understand, validate what this is, as well as just more transparency into what's happening. With that said, there's a few downsides. Some of these open source models, penetration testers have basically been able to find because they can interact with it even more errors and ways to trick the model and go around the model. And so that's at least potentially an argument for hey, maybe some of this should should be closed. But I do imagine in healthcare, open source models eventually will win out, but it's still very early days. Is there anything else that you would like to add in terms of I don't know what you read about or saw in the last two months, or maybe just a comment? You did a an overview of the generative AI landscape. You know, you how many companies was it? One hundred and twenty. Even more, yeah, yeah, yeah. or even、uh, more、uh, around the different use cases. And now here at Health, I'm sure that you also went、uh, around to maybe see demos that you haven't seen before. Any new impressions? I'd say. Over the past couple months, there's definitely more companies that we didn't include yet in the report, and in some ways, it already feels outdated as there's new names we should be throwing in. On the other hand, many are still following in the same buckets as before. We're seeing more RCM companies come in. We're seeing more ambient documentation come in. We're seeing more people starting to think about data and analytics and so on. And so, lots of them are fitting into similar buckets. Lots of the same demos we're still seeing. Maybe it's a new patient engagement solution, etc. I'm. We're still. We still being, are being patient at GSR Ventures around what are the truly transformative opportunities. I think it's. There's certainly all the excitement and for all the right reasons. What is the transformative opportunity?、Um, especially if we look back in prior examples like the internet, Google wasn't started until much later. So that's always the, the fear. You know, when is the right transformative opportunity going to come? And you know, trying to make sure at GSR we're 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 a part of it.、Mm-hmm. When you say、uh, you're being patient, does that mean that you are still waiting before investing, or we are a- a- actively I- I- investing, but we aren't throwing money around willy nilly, waiting for the, the right opportunity, especially to deploy even larger checks. Any last thoughts? Anything that we didn't mention? And I. Again, I think we talked about some of the pros and cons and caveats of generative AI. Just zooming all the way out, this is the most transformative piece of technology. It's taking up essentially 100% of my time, and I think with these tools, we will. The question is how fast, but we, we we will change healthcare. So I'm very optimistic. You've been listening to Faces of Digital Health, a proud member of the Health Podcast Network. If you enjoyed the show, do leave a rating or a review wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to the show or follow us on LinkedIn. Additionally, check out our newsletter. You can find it at fodh.substack.com. That's fodh.substack.com. Stay tuned.